Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, Queasy Rider. Katie brings the case against her boyfriend, Dallas. They enjoy visiting a popular theme park together, but Dallas refuses to go on Katie's favorite ride. Katie says he's got nothing to lose by giving it a try and everything to gain. Dallas says he already knows he won't like it, and he's okay with missing out. Who's right? Who's wrong? Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom. This is your judge speaking. Welcome aboard. We are now underway and proceeding on a course that will take us on a voyage of justice through internet space. En route, we will pass below the polar ice cap and then probe depths seldom seen by man. Make yourself comfortable and no pie hole opening, please. The pie hole lamp is out. Jesse Thorne, you may swear them in. Please rise and raise your right hands. You swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever? I do. I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that when he visits Disneyland, he doesn't spend a lot of time on the rides, instead preferring to spend his time not in the secret club that serves alcohol, but rather the second secret club that's inside that secret club (laughs) that has hard drugs? Yes, I do. I do, I think. (laughs) Very well. Judge Hodgman? Oh, bailiff Jesse, if only it were true. (laughs) If only it were you. You speak, of course. Now, now look, there's there's already been a lot of discussion offline listeners as to what degree we were going to allow buzz marketing of the theme park that is in question here. And here's the thing. I am going to allow buzz marketing. I'm going to name it as Disneyland. Correct, Katie and Dallas? That is correct. That is right. correct. Because you can't get around it because you, you because basically Disneyland already owns all of the other corporations <laughs> that we might have that we might have but like it's not buzz marketing at this point. It's every everything you have is owned by Di- everything culturally I just every now and then I'll just sit there and go. Disney owns <laughs> Pixar, The Muppets, and Star Wars, and all of Marvel Comics. There's nothing left. There's nothing left. It's Superman versus Batman. That's it. It's all. It's all. They, they don't. It's the only thing they don't have their hands on. And the Battle Beyond the Stars franchise. So anyway, the point was that Jesse was making reference to Club Thirty Three, the secret no longer secret club in Disneyland where alcohol is served is a members only club. And you can only go there if you're a member or a guest of a member. And, 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 and the fact is that I've never been, I've never been, and I will not go. I will not go now for reasons that we can discuss in a moment. It's, I can't, I can't do it now. I just out of principle, I can't. In any case, uh, we are talking about Disneyland. So for an immediate summary judgment in your favor, I'm not sure that this is going to be a good one because I have a feeling you're going to get this one. But for an immediate summary judgment, so I'm going to already, already say that you're both wrong just so that we can hear the case. Okay. But for an immediate summary judgment in your favor, can either you, Dallas, or you, Katie, name the piece of culture that I paraphrased as I entered the courtroom? Katie, you can't. I can't. No, Dallas, though, you can. I, uh, I missed it. Well, you weren't listening? I missed the reference. Oh, you can't name it? No. Oh, I thought for sure you were going to get that one. It's, is it like a 
the the voiceover when you're getting on one of the rides or something at Disneyland? You know, at least you're thinking critically, my, Katie, and my I guess, appreciate my that. My guess would be... Uh, <laughs> too, late, too late for you, Dallas. My, Wait a minute. My, Shh, be quiet. Silence, silence. Let me bring in my expert witness who's going to be hearing this case as well. Mark Gagliardi, are you in the courtroom? I am in the courtroom, Your Honor. Please step forward and say hello. Uh, hello, my name is Mark Gagliardi. Now, Thank many you for people, having me. You're welcome. Thank you for being here. Many people who listen to podcasts uh, and enjoy good things in life will know Mark as a, as a work juice player, part of the repertory company of live action Muppets that perform once a month at Largo Theater in L.A. <laughs> as the Thrilling Adventure Hour, a very popular podcast as well. And, uh, you know, his voice uh, or a version of his voice as Croach the Tracker in the Sparks Nevada serial on that very same thing. Big superstar in podcasting there, Mark. Oh, thank you. Uh, that is the first time I've ever heard us called live action Muppets. That's pretty much what you are. Now, That's fair. the second the second thing that you are less well known for, well, you're you're also an, an incredible actor and singer, and the th- the thing that you are the the thing that you perhaps uh, listeners to Thrilling Adventure did not know, I certainly did not know it until recently, is that for a time you uh, acted as the mayor of what American city? Uh, Disneyland. Yes, the city that I acted as the mayor of. You were. How long did you portray the mayor of Disneyland? For the duration of the 50th anniversary, there uh, they only had a mayor for one brief period, and it was during that uh, 50th anniversary. So right. it was a short term in office. But I worked at Disneyland uh, in assorted other jobs for about eight years, and still continue to do so when I'm in California. You're saying they only had a mayor for one. They only had an electric elected representative of Disneyland for one year. The, yes, there was only a, there was. Only, well, it was the mayor uh, on Main Street. There is also a mayor of Frontierland, uh, which I did also function as for a couple of years, but only intermittently amongst other mayors. And then the, and then there was the scandal. And then, and then there was the, the horrific scandal involving the sheriff of Frontierland and the shootout on the roofs. And the and the and the video that was leaked to Gawker. Yes. Well, they caught us all one night inside Club 33. Oh, yes. that's not true. None of that is true. You did not resign in scandal. Indeed. No, no, still there was no scandal. Still, but I have still been work. to Club 33. Yeah. Oh, oh, yes. <gasps> <laughs> we'll get more. I, we'll, we'll, let's put a pin on that because we got to hear a little bit of this dumb case. I've yes, been there, sir. too. Just oh, <laughs> and what about you, Katie? No, I've never been there. Good. You and me forever. Jesse? <laughs> I haven't. Uh, I know that Jordan Morris, my co-host on Jordan Jesse Go, went when we were in college. Oh, you hear me smashing things in my chambers. <laughs> 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 Inclu- <laughs> including some of the Club 33 cocktail stirrers that Ken Plume <laughs> send- sent me one year. Every now and then, Ken Plume from a site called Fred and a bit of a chat uh, another great podcast. We'll go over to Club 33 and, and eat a bunch of food there and steal a bunch of cocktail stirs and napkins and send them to me just to just to goad me because I've never <laughs> been able to go. Or is he being nice and sending you souvenirs knowing that you'll never be able to go? It's, you know, the former. One of the, one of, yeah, one of the great things in life is uh, to be able to be nice, to, to find ways to be really nice to people in ways that you know will also hurt them. That is that. <laughs> the key to life right there. It's one of the great skills that you can develop. Uh, okay, now, uh, I have lots of questions to ask about the mayorality of Disneyland. 
uh, yes. Club 33 and all sorts of things to talk about because as you can probably sense from all the blather that I've I've gotten into before even hearing the case is is that while I I have little interest uh, in 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 Disney in any way I, I'm not a I'm not a huge fan it's not my cup of tea the character's not my cup of tea the 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 cartoons never the the comic books the world all of that stuff I find to be a little bit not my thing but the but the theme parks in particular and Disneyland's specifically really fascinate me and one of the places that truly provokes very strong feelings of of fascination and uh, and curiosity and often joy but also the closest feeling i've ever had to dread <laughs> and on that point mark can you yes. name the thing that i was quoting as i entered the courtroom I am embarrassed to say I cannot, though you snippets of it sound familiar. I've heard I've heard so many. It does sound a bit like a ride introduction, but I've heard it so is many a ride, of those. It is a ride introduction, Mark, and there's no reason that you would necessarily – because when – what year were you mayor? It had to have been – it had to be 2005. 2005, correct. Right. You do know your Disneyland. And because it opened in 1955 and you were, it was the, for the 50th anniversary because I did maths. Yes. <laughs> And a little history. And I also know that from the history of Disneyland that during that period of time, this particular attraction was closed. Oh. Can you name it now? Would that it be is- Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln? No. That was closed during the 50s. <laughs> Wait a minute. Listen, listen to, listen. Did you even listen to what I was saying? You're soaring, <laughs> o- you're soaring over the polar ice. Okay, hold on a second. <laughs> That's right. Soaring over the polar ice caps like Lincoln did. So no, going under, going under, passing below the polar ice caps like oh. Lincoln did. Coincidentally, <laughs> would this great, be uh, great submarine voyages? Yes, with Abraham Lincoln. Yes, uh, twenty thousand leagues under the sea. No, that's Walt Disney World, Mark. Oh, for God's sake! You're I don't know. To be the expert witness was it? Was it the train? <laughs> That underwater train. That goes to the Grand Canyon. I want everyone to be quiet for a second. (laughs) Alice, I want you to understand something. The reason that we're listening to this case is A, you're afraid to go on a ride, and I'm always and and I am particularly interested in fear and 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 when it is appropriate to conquer it and when it is appropriate to respect it. I'm, I'm also very interested in Disneyland, which is not the ride in question here, because the ride in question that you will not go on, that Katie is trying to f- force me to force you to go on, is, <laughs> is Tower of Terror, which is in California Adventure. Correct. But you said I am that so disdainfully. <laughs> isn't that how it's pronounced? <laughs> I've only ever heard it said that way. I thought that's California how it was pronounced. Adventure. <laughs> that's the only way anyone has ever said it to me. So I thought colloquially that known as DCA. What is DCA? Disneyland California Adventure. Yes. Oh, you mean like that's behind? That's backstage. Yeah. Backstage that's the talk. This is shorthand. You ever you ever walk you ever walk a secret tunnel between Disneyland and and DCA? Um, no, but uh, I, well, not a secret tunnel. It there it goes underneath a street under Harbor Boulevard. Yeah. Any um, tunnel that goes underneath the street is a secret tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> then unless, yes, unless, uh, uh, is it a pedestrian? Like, can anyone go in it, or only? No, only cast? Uh, only cast members. Correct. Right. Yeah. So it's secret, secret tunnel. Mm-hmm. 
I have been uh, to the uh, the secret dining area underneath Pirates of the Caribbean on several gonna, occasions. All right, put it. Hang on, I got to make a list of things we got to talk about. <laughs> okay, things that are probably going to get me um, get me censured by the Disney Senate. There's a Disney Senate. I want to talk about that as well. <laughs> They're going to throw you in Disney jail too. Oh yeah. Uh, and then, okay, and secret. We don't need to get, talk about anything that's going to get you in trouble. Everything we're going to discuss here is common knowledge. But I right. am, I even though it is in even though it is in California Adventure, I'm particularly interested in in rides that cause incredible sense of fear and dread, as did not Submarine Adventure, which is which was in Disneyland, but 20,000 Leagues, which was in Disney World, which I went to one time, and I went on that thing, and I went on it as a, as a, as a teenager, you know, as like a 16-year-old, and I was utterly terrified in ways that I still cannot explain on a deep, deep, visceral level because I expected to see real fish under there, and instead I saw robots, and that was so profoundly <laughs> unnatural. <laughs> That even now, when I think about, even though that exi- that the twenty thousand leagues under the sea, while Disney World is all is gone altogether now, Dis- uh, submarine adventure in Disneyland got refurbished and made into a Finding Nemo thing. But the Finding uh, Nemo thing has uh, actual cartoons underwater. Cartoons underwater is fine because those are those are those are bits of light playing. They're 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 flim- they're flimsy bits of light. They're not actual robots that should not be underwater. And if you fall into the lagoon, as I am uh, <laughs> immediately became afraid of, and then for the rest of my life, I'm constantly and rather implausibly afraid of falling into the lagoon at 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea or, 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 or Submarine Adventure. Even though the rides don't exist and I am thousands of miles away from both of them, I'm afraid that I might trip and fall into those lagoons at any moment, and then I know nothing would happen to me, but just the feeling of having to tread that oily water, knowing there are fake fish and robot mermen and mermaids underneath me, mm-hmm. it fills it. I'm, I'm feeling nauseated right now. So let's move on from that. And also, fully electrified water. Yes. That will shock you the second that you hit it. So you won't, you know, you won't have to fear drowning. No, no, no. You, it won't shock you as soon as you hit it because uh, Uncle Walt, in his, in his uh, cleverness, thought it would be a good idea to put actual human women into the lagoon in 1960. Right. <laughs> from 196, I think it was 1965, 1996, two summers in the middle of the 60s in any case. He, he, made, he made young women put on uh, 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 mermaid fish bottoms and swim around in there. Yes. And then and they they had to discontinue and he paid them a dollar sixty five an hour and they had to discontinue the program because the women were feeling sick from the diesel fumes and the chlorine was making them ill. Oh jeez. <laughs> I love Disneyland so much and the only reason because it's so it's so beautiful and grim at the same time. It and it is truly like I, I, I can't wait to go back. Don't get please don't put me in Disney jail. Please don't block me at the Please don't block me at the gates of wonder or 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 throw me into the lagoon, Disney goons. Uh, I'm I'm into it. But here's the thing, Dallas. I decided to hear this case, even though it was about Disney California Adventure, because uh. I, I was br- I was brief. In my brief, this is what it said. Uh, 
Dallas has a very special connection to this particular theme park because his father was an employee there for 30 years. Dallas and his seven brothers and sisters are able to enter the park for free for life. Now, you're not talking about DCA there because that hasn't existed for 30 years. Did your dad work at Disneyland or what? So he actually worked for the credit union, which is outside Disneyland, but you're still a cast member technically. For the credit union? Yeah, Disneyland has their own credit union. (laughs) It's called Partners. Partners Federal Credit Union, yeah. Okay. And for whom whom does this credit union serve? Cast members? Only cast members and their families. Oh, okay. So it's like a, it's a, it's a cooperative bank for employees and cast members and so forth. Correct. Okay, great. So your, so your dad, so your dad never serviced the lagoon. <laughs> no. Okay. Unfortunately not. But, and so he did, how, but he did make sure that the money was there for the lagoon so they could pay the mermaids. <laughs> Is that so? I think what, so. What years did he work there? Uh, he retired like two years ago. So it was like the past 25 years before that. And so you and your seven brothers would go into, could go into the, go in the park anytime you wanted. Well, so when we were younger, I had five brothers and two sisters, seven total. Oh, excuse me. All right. And, uh, when we were younger, they had no limit on the sign-ins. You could sign in as many people as you wanted, as many times as you wanted, essentially. And then so when we were younger, we could go pretty much anytime we wanted. And as we got older, they reduced that to where you could to today. Now you can only do you can sign in three people three times every three months. Has, have, have, all right. Now we're getting pretty we're getting our, our, our submarine voyage is getting stuck in some pretty deep weeds right now. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, is that the name of the ride? Submarine Voyage? I never it was. The name. It was called was, okay. Submarine. It was called Submarine Voyage. Maybe, you know what? Maybe they should consider, maybe Disneyland needs a new mayor. Oh. You know what well, I'm saying? you know what? I could go Grover Cleveland on it and leave for a while and come back. No, I, oh, well, I could be, I could, I'm, I would like to be mayor. That's what I'm saying. Oh, we, you know what? Uh, I, we'll have to have a mayoral debate at some point. All right, we'll put a pin on that as well. Mayoral debate. All right, now listen. Club 33. I'm never going to go to Club 33 because it's not, it's, not cl- it's not the Club 33 that it, that it once was. <laughs> I don't want to be – I don't want to be – I don't want to go to a club that has not already asked me to be a member by now. <laughs> <laughs> to paraphrase Groucho Marx, Katie, wh- what's the problem here? Dallas, who grew up going to this park, is a scared of the Tower of Terror. Yeah, the reason that this all came up was because um, Dallas and I were planning a trip to Disneyland, and we were talking about our must-dos. And um, the Tower of Terror is one of was one of mine, and he said, "Oh, I'm not going to go on that ride." And so I, I thought he was, I kind of thought he was joking and that I could convince him to go on it. And it turned into this whole little debate. Um, and so I wrote to you before we went out there um, and we, we ended up going to Disneyland and I, I still held out hope that I would be able to get him to go on the ride um, through bargaining and various methods and he wouldn't go on it. So we're planning on going again, um, hopefully in July and we've agreed that whatever you decide is what we'll do. So I, I will respect um, whatever the decision of the court is. So where do you live now? We live in San Diego. 
And so not far away. And how, and, uh, how long have you been married? <laughs> we met at the beginning of April. Of this year? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you are married to each other? Oh, we're not no, married. We're not married. Oh, excuse but, me. But she's already telling me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I apologize. I thought, I thought you were married. That is, all right, good. Uh, that explains why the, the brief I got was so faulty. Because <laughs> Katie, su- Katie suggested it, but she got a lot of details wrong. She said that you had seven brothers, that you could enter the park for free for life. And now I learned that your dad worked for the credit union and you could only sign three people in every nine months with an, it's, if you got a special voucher from a thing to a thing. You have to have a co-signer. <laughs> yeah, you take all the joy out of it. <laughs> all right. So uh, Dallas. Uh, I I know why you don't want to go on Tower of Terror because it's a scary to you. Katie, why do you want to go on this dumb thing in California adventure? Okay. So I want to recognize first off that I have a selfish reason, which is that I love this ride and I want Dallas to go on it with me. That would be way more fun for me than to go on it by myself while he does something else or to not go on it. But my other reasons for why he should go on it are, um, so I am also someone who doesn't like rides that drop. So the thing about this ride is that it's like an elevator. The whole idea is is that it's it's an elevator in a, like in a haunted hotel or something. And you, you get into it and it drops you and then it shoots you back up and then it drops you and lifts you up a, a few different times. So, um, I, I, it's dumb. That's what I'm saying. It's dumb. (laughs) So I agreed that it's, I would have agreed with you, um, a year ago that it was dumb, but I went with some friends and I felt pressured to go on it. And I, I succumbed to peer pressure and I went on this ride and it was really fun. I was surprisingly thrilled and entertained by this ride. It's, it's a stupid concept and it's something that, that doesn't sound enjoyable, but, but as a person who doesn't like rides that drop, I actually had a really good time on it. So I feel like Dallas may also have that experience. Um, okay. The other reason is that we, I, I have two other reasons. Oh, I'll, I'll I guess it's your, I guess it's your courtroom. Go ahead. I prepared. I wanted to prepare my case. <laughs> she has notes just so you know. I have notes. I have notes. Right here. I appreciate it. I so, appreciate preparation. It's something that I've often considered doing myself. Also, Um, Yeah, I want to be specific in my reasons. So the second of my three reasons is that um, this is pretty much the only thing that we can do at Disneyland that will be new for Dallas. This is the only new thing for him that we can do together. And then reason number three is that... Hold hold on reason number three. I know you won't forget it because you've got it written down. Dallas, how many times have you been to Disneyland and Disney California Adventure? (laughs) <laughs> um, I honestly cannot count. Was, count count less, would you say? It would be countless. I would say it would be in the hundreds. And you've done all the you've done all the bigs, right? I've done all the big rides. I've been on all the rides. I've been on all the new rides. I usually even because my dad worked there, we would get special passes to go on the rides before they were open to the public. Yeah, like what time? In the five o'clock in the morning, you hit that <laughs> hit that Space Mountain hard. Oh, sometimes you have like a special ticket. It would only allow you on to that ride and it'd be people offering you money for this ticket. And it was crazy. You were taking bribes at 12 years old, <laughs> letting people get on, you know, sneak in the back to Jungle Cruise and what have you. Yeah. You remember when it was Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse, right? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. We're, that's what we're talking about. The real stuff. 
real stuff. The best ride in the park, just a tree you walk up into. Were you the, by the way, maybe now that you're here, since you know Disneyland so well, were you that kid who lived on Tom Sawyer Island for three years at Feral Child? (laughs) (laughs) But I can hide in those caves pretty well. What, you know those caves? Is there a cave that leads from from Tom Sawyer, and I won't call it Pirates of the Caribbean Grotto or whatever the heck. Pirate's Lair. Thank you, Mayor. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. You're welcome. I actually also was a pirate on uh, Pirate's Lair on Tom Sawyer Island. You know, my father was ejected along with his brother from Disneyland the week it opened for messing around on Tom Sawyer Island. Yeah, that's the point of Tom Sawyer Island. You just go on there and you mess around. What what was he doing? I don't know exactly. He was like he was like on top of stuff that you weren't supposed to be on top of, or they were throwing things at each other. Yeah, maybe throwing <laughs> things because the whole thing is to get on top of things and to climb down into things and to climb into dark holes that you are pretty sure and pretty likely to get stuck in. <laughs> yeah, my parents would just drop all seven of us off there and just be like, "Here, you're, you're you have a babysitter. You can't get across <laughs> the, the river without them." One of the well, sadly one of the on, one of the only deaths in Disneyland were two kids who stayed on the island after hours and got trapped there and tried to swim back. But the way I read it was the older brother drowned trying to bring the younger brother across. Wait, this is a true story. This happened. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. Huh. It's yeah. funny. It's it's funny what they, they tell you that. It's, it's funny what they kept from you, Mister Mayor. Yeah. Figurehead leader only, I guess. Oh, a hundred percent. I was everything I said was scripted. <laughs> That's why I want the job. <laughs> what is Katie? Is what Katie says true? That Tower of Terror is the only thing you've done them all. You ever ride I, the? You, you I, ever ride? You ever ride the Lily Bell car on the on the Walt Disney Railroad? Uh, no, I have not done. All that. right, eat it, Club Thirty Three. I got <laughs> you there. <laughs> I've, I've pretty much been on all the rides except for like some of the kiddie rides. And even those, I've been because like I have my nephew, we go with him. Sometimes, you know? So, so why not tower of terror because of the tower or because of the terror or because of the <laughs> I mean, so the, everybody keeps saying I'm like scared of this ride. It's not so much that I'm scared. It's just that I've never found enjoyment out of going on a rides that are like go up and down that just go up and down. And mm-hmm. like, Kind of like Malibumers, if uh, if Mark remembers, that was a ride at California Vimper that was removed because it was one of those rides that just goes up and down. And I feel yes. like people were not having so much fun on it, so they actually removed it. And uh, so same thing here. I, we actually went on that ride, and it's just not that much fun. So it was like I never really found the need to go on Tower of Terror or the, the want. Or, like when you're a little kid, everybody wants yeah. to go on rides. You feel peer pressure to like go on everything, and you're like, oh, right. okay. Right. But now that I'm older, I don't feel that pressure. I'm like, yeah, you go, you know, you go on that ride. I'll go have a drink. We're both having fun. Katie, Katie is putting pressure on you. Why don't you just do it one time to make Katie happy? That's, you know, that goes back into like the happy wife, happy life kind of thing. It's right. (laughs) Right. So that's probably what's going to happen. I don't know what you're talking about. Is is that some Disneyland (laughs) poem that I don't know? (laughs) One of those those proverbs that you think, you know, that may or may not be true. I think that's just what's on mugs, like coffee <laughs> mugs say that. You may not realize this, but I just found out that Katie and you are not married. And in fact, you've only known each other for a few months. You are courting. You are pitching woo. I guess this is true. And part of woo pitching is 
testing yourself and uh, and and be allowing yourself uh, to be to, to to be pushed into new situations so that you can learn what the other person likes and also to try to make the other person happy. I, I agree, but if there's the other side of that coin. So I would say that you're also setting the tone in the beginning. So if I always give in in the beginning, then that's just how the whole relationship's going to be, right? Fun. I hope you're listening carefully, Katie. I am actually <laughs> because there's there's no doubt you're setting a tone, Dallas. You are setting a tone <laughs> for this relationship. <laughs> well, uh, um, I, actually, Katie, you last, may now jump in. Thank you. the The last reason that I have really ties into this which is um, that recently Dallas suggested that we form a kickball team um, for the summer. And I am just, if I, if I may quote Tom Sharpling for a moment, for a moment, Oh brother. (laughs) Go on. Okay. So so my favorite environment is being home with my book. Basically. I'm not, I'm not very much of a team sports person, and I'm afraid of getting um, hit in the face or making a fool of myself in front of a lot of people who are very athletic. So it's kickball. It's, ki- it's kickball. I know. Well, that's just I mean, that should go to show how unathletic I am. But a lot of that- like arena football league players, once they get out of the arena football league and if they don't want to move to Europe to play in NFL Europe, they'll play in a local kickball league. So a lot of really top athletes playing kickball these days. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. You could get seriously injured. I didn't know but what to expect. Let me, fa- let me fast forward to this. You played it and you had a good time. So, it's, yes, so even though I was, I was very scared to do this, I said, you know what? Let's do this. It sounds fun. It's obviously something that you will enjoy. And we played our first kickball game on Monday and it was super fun. I had a great time. And now I'm looking forward to kickball. So I feel like part of what we're doing here is we're pushing ourselves to try things that maybe we're not comfortable with, or maybe we're afraid of because it'll make the other person happy and we might have fun with them doing it. Can I also say she was the catcher of the kickball team. It was like the least you made responsible. Me, you made me the catcher. Oh, wait a minute, Dallas, you, A, you made her the catcher. Thanks yeah. Katie. And B, the fear was that she was going to get a ball kicked in her face. She could not have been in a more ball meat face position than catcher. She clearly faced her fears. You be quiet for a second, Dallas. Katie, when you say you were afraid to play kickball, and I will remind you that you were under internet oath. Yes. Was your fear that you were going to get a ball to the face? Or was your fear that you were going to give up one inch of your personal agency and pride to the person you were starting a relationship with and that that would somehow lead you down a path where you were going to have to do whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted to do it all for the rest of your life. Oh, no, no. My fears were of um, physical injury and being embarrassed in front of a bunch of people that I don't know. So you had no, you had no fear about being about setting a tone that you are going to be pushed around into various sports games for the rest of this relationship. I, I need to be pushed out of my comfort zone because I will just do the same things that I that I feel comfortable with and where I feel safe for the rest of my life. Now, let me ask you this. Are you suggesting that Dallas go on the Tower of Terror, which we all agree is an arbitrary, dumb, up and down ride, the kind of thing you might see at a state fair that happens to be on the wrong side of the tracks in the wrong park? We will not all agree to that. <laughs> 
I will. It's really fun, though. <laughs> I feel I like allow, I, I will allow you to speak for Tower of Terror now, Mark. Go ahead. May I, may I speak on behalf of the Tower of Terror? Then, then may I finish my question? <laughs> yes, but I could go for a long time. I love the Tower of Terror. All right. Uh, I once worked a job uh, for the Tower of Terror where I rode that ride seven times a day for a month. Uh, and the, what? the beauty. Yes. <laughs> yes. That was my what job was, was. What was the job? I was, Pretend, it was one pretend, Halloween. Pretending to be a rider so that you could, uh, you, you, you could uh, cue people as to when to scream. I was the, <laughs> Were you I was buzz, the ghost of the maintenance man. Really? I was the ghost of the maintenance man on the tower of terror. And I spent most of my time in the queue. And then at the end of each of my uh, half hour sets, I would ride the ride seven times a day, five drops per ride. So 35 times a day I dropped. Was it your job to ride the ride or that was your payment? It was <laughs> <laughs> No, luckily I was paid in Disney dollars, but my, uh, my job was to portray a ghost for the bulk of the ride. Um, but, but the, but the beauty of that ride being on the ride as a ghost was part of the gig, right? Was part of the gig. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And what would you do when you were on there? Well, like, I would, would you go? I would, no, the, the, the game of it was, uh, not to give away too many Disney secrets, but, uh, the game of it was, we would ride the ride. Uh, I would ride with the woman who was playing the ghost of the maid. The two of us would ride the ride. And then, uh, as all the guests were exiting the ride, it was our job to sit, uh, stone faced and immobile as all of the ah. guests exited ah. the ride. I was going to say, was it your job? Was it your job to pose as a regular person? Oh, who no. Then who then who then acted as though you had been you had been scared to death at the end of it <laughs> uh no quite the contrary this was uh this the idea of this is that it was a normal day for us at this uh beautiful right. hotel and that is the thing about that ride that is great it's it's less about the dropping and more about the aesthetic of the queue of that ride. Right. That's I was where, just going to say, it's less is. about the ride and more about the line, right? Because yeah. that's, that's the other secret of Disneyland. Oh, we make the line a good time because <laughs> that's what you're going to really see for most time. of your time. Right. Yeah, you're going to spend 40 minutes in that. That's, that was my point to, to Katie. Is this is just a ride that goes up and down. This just And you're just falling for the fluff. It's just all the fluff. Whoa. Oh, Katie. <laughs> Finally, Katie. someone's standing up to the fluff at Disneyland. That place that's all about substance. The Hall right. of Presidents. The Hall me, of Presidents. The can Hall I just say, full of Presidents. Oh, if Disneyland in California had a Hall of Presidents, I would have been there every day, but they did not. They only had Lincoln. They just had Lincoln. They just went for the best. Yeah, polar ice cap Lincoln. Yeah, you don't need William Henry Harrison. You don't need Grover Cleveland up there describing his his uh, his secret his secret surgery on his palate to remove a tumor <laughs> that he had to do on a on a yacht because didn't no know one about could that. know. Yeah, no one I was about allowed the, to know. I knew about the I, secret baby, but not the, the no, secret he had, surgery. He had secret surgery and he had to go out on the presidential yacht, which is a great place by the way to have surgery on a boat in the middle of Long Island Sound or whatever. <laughs> Or the Potomac, I guess, because the, to to admit that the president had cancer was a something that you could not say, 
for fear. Well, and I, and I suppose that would be true. I'm sure they wouldn't let a lot of people know if the president had cancer today. But also what B was a secret you could keep by simply going out on a boat. Once you were out on a boat, no one could know what you were doing. Even having surgery. I'm surprised you didn't learn that at Hall of Presidents and Walt Disney World. But, Mark, before I move yes. on to Dallas, let me just say, go back to your masters at Disney and mm-hmm. tell them that aside from hiring a new mayor named John Hodgman. <laughs> hey, that's should, the same name you have. <laughs> it would be funny, right? They should, they, should, they should rehire you for Tower of Terror at a fine price and, and not to be the ghost of the guy, but you should be a regular – just a regular tourist who's riding the ride. And the thing is that you draw attention to yourself in some way. You act like Dallas. This is all fluff. This is all fluff. This is the worst ride, everybody. I've been here since my dad worked for the Disney bank and I've been at everything and I know better than everyone. And somehow I let this torturous harpy bully me into going into this dumb ride. This girl that I'm dating, boy. What, what have I gotten myself into? Where's the where where's the ball and chain on this ride? I kind of I gotta feel like I gotta put this around my ankle now. And then that's all the way going up. And then going down, you do a quick change, <laughs> and you and you put on you you put on a white wig, and so your hair turns white by the end of it. And then you're like, ah, it's the greatest, it's the greatest since Tom Sawyer Island or whatever. All right, Dallas. What's your favorite ride at Disneyland? Uh, Space Mountain or uh, uh, California Screaming is pretty awesome. That's a California Adventure, right? That's a California Adventure. <laughs> I thought it was California Dreamin' apostrophe. Uh, it's, it, no, it's California Screaming. The, but the, it's, the apostrophe is there. The apostrophe is there. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yes. that's why I will never go on that ride. But I have a question for Mark. Did, Mark, did you ever go on Malaboomers? Uh, I did not ever ride Malaboomers. I'm more into the, obviously more into the aesthetically interesting rides than the strict carnival rides. That was, that was going to be my question is because I've been on Malaboomers. So I wanted to know the comparison of the two to see if it was the same kind of ride. And it was just the fluff that's different. <laughs> well, let me, let me ask you your definition of what fluff is, Dallas, because it seems to me that what Mark is pointing out is that, yes, there is a essentially state fair style up and down dumb ride in this thing, but that it's surrounded by all of the things that make Disney attractions interesting and fun. The attention to detail, the weird little storylines that they weave into stuff, all that stuff that makes waiting in a line uh, less than boring. Arguably Tom Sawyer Island uh, is, is, there is no, I mean, for me, the the beauty of Disneyland was always the the rides that weren't rides. You climb up into a tree, you go onto an island, you explore a cave. You're allowed to explore this completely uh, fabricated world, uh, sort of in your own way. Is that fluff? Yeah, I think so. Because I think in a lot of ways, especially when I was a kid, like a lot of the rides, like Tom Sawyer's Island or the Swiss Family Robinson Tree, those were tied into movies that we were seeing as kids. So that. You're actually in that reality now. You're on Tom Sawyer's Island with Tom Sawyer. You're on. You're in the Swiss Family Tree Robinson House with the family. So you're kind of like part of the movie now. Whereas uh-huh. with Tom Sawyer or Tower of Terror, there is no Tower of Terror movie. Incorrect. There is a Tower of Terror movie starring Steve Gutenberg. No kidding. Boom. <laughs> but is it made by Disney? 
It is yes. made by Disney. It played on uh, it played on a Sunday night on there when they were doing when they brought back the uh, the magical world of a wonderful world of Disney. It was a made for TV Disney Channel movie all about the Tower of Terror. It was the first movie based on a Disney ride, according to Wikipedia. I did my research. Thank you. Ah, it co-stars uh, Kirsten Dunst. So, so that's that's a good point. The ride was made before the movie was made. So the movie was actually based on the ride, whereas what I was talking about is that the rides were based on movies and that you're kind of living in the world of that movie, essentially. All right. What makes what makes Space Mountain, which is not not uh, tied into any Mark Twain books, as far as I know, <laughs> Or European uh, family adventure books. What makes Space Mountain your favorite ride? Or you can answer a different question if you wish. What to you is the ultimate Disney land attraction uh, that to you makes Disney Disney rather than a, a state fair or 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 something else? So the. This Space Mountain would be my favorite ride because I think the nostalgia effect just of being a kid going on it so much. And that was like our favorite ride as kids. And now just being able to go on it as an adult is kind of the same thing. You just kind of relive that experience and kind of get that joy as as a kid. You know that nostalgia is the most toxic impulse, particularly when it comes to uh, uh, – uh, reviewing something aesthetically because nostalgia just everyone has nostalgia because everyone had a dumb childhood. Therefore, <laughs> the thing that you experienced, no matter how cruddy it was when you were a kid, is always going to have a certain pull on your heart. Just like uh, Jesse Thorne's Brave Star Lunchbox, which, by the way, Jesse, did you get it? I did get it. Yeah. <laughs> did, didn't you feel great and also terrible once you received it? Yes. So I want to know intrinsically, without connection to your uh, nostalgic experience, intrinsically, aesthetically, what makes Space Mountain a good ride where Tower of Terror is a bad ride? So Space Mountain, just because it's, you know, it's dark and it's a roller coaster and, and it does more than just go up and down. It actually throws you around and you have like an experience uh, of, you know, weightlessness and all this stuff where – you know, whereas with Tower of Terror, I feel like you just go up and down. It's just dumb. You just go up and down. I ride in elevators every day. I work in a 34-story building. I'm in an elevator every day. I don't need to go in another one. I ride a train every day. <laughs> that doesn't mean I should never ride a roller coaster. Is your train going through loops? Does your elevator fall out of the sky repeatedly? It could. It could. <laughs> I ride a runaway Jeep every day. That doesn't mean I'm not going to go on Indiana Jones adventures. <laughs> this is true. I sever the brake <laughs> lines of my Jeep every day and repair them every night. <laughs> that is another great ride. That's kind of like rocket rods at Indiana Jones. Combined. I lead a tour through the jungle every day. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, why is Indiana Jones adventure a great ride? Um, you know, for me, as in all of these uh, rides, I'm a big fan of the the storylines and the aesthetics and the art direction of them. They have, I mean, they call it imagineering. There's the imagination and there's the engineering. While the engineering of an elevator going up and down is no big deal, the imagination part of it is. Uh, Indiana Jones, I think, is a perfect marriage of both. The engineering to feel like you're in a Jeep uh, that has had its brake lines cut is uh, mixed with all of this uh, Indiana Jones art direction that I think is really, really fun. Wait a minute. Are you buzz marketing Disneyland? 
<laughs> no, I'm not buzz marketing getting, Disneyland. Are you getting paid? I just realized I might have been suckered into this after all. <laughs> you know, uh, functioning as the uh, mayor emeritus of Disneyland, yeah. I have to give a, a, a shout out to my peeps. <laughs> Disneyland's own Tom Ford is here with us today. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so, uh, uh, you, one final question, Dallas. When you consider going on the Tower of Terror, there is an, there is no part of you that feels spine tingling, nauseating dread the way I feel when I even consider going on submarine voyage, even though it doesn't exist anymore. And if I watch a if I watch a video ride through, um, uh, of uh, the old submarine voyage of twenty thousand leagues under the sea, I truly like my heart starts racing. That's not the feeling you have about Tower of Terror. Well, no, I mean, like, yeah, no, I don't want to go on it because it doesn't make me feel good. I mean, that's like, the, for example, like the Malaboomers, they literally had a throw-up shield on all of them because people would, you know, lose their lunch from going up and down. So, yeah, I get that feeling of, like, queasiness in my stomach. And, but, right. like, so it's like a roller coaster. When I'm on the roller coaster, like California Screaming, you kind of get that queasiness or whatever, but then you have, like, the rush of fun. I never had that on, like, Malaboomers or any of those up and down rides. So it's, you just get the queasiness. There's no fun part. So yeah, that's the feeling I get is like of remembering that on other rides. And so I don't really want to experience that on Tower of Terror. So you guys are going again in July of this year, 2014? Correct. All right. And as as California residents, are you gonna go for free? Yeah, my dad's gonna sign us in. Again. Are you gonna go are you gonna go to Club 33? We are not gonna go to Club 33. But we are probably gonna go to Carthay Circle. What's wait, wait, what, 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 Carthay what? Circle's a great restaurant. I don't, I probably shouldn't even have mentioned that. That's kind of like a, a little secret. Kind of, it's that. kind of a gem. Oh, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you keep a secret from your judge? <laughs> uh, but you can get in there. It's not like that's open to the public. It's a membership. It is open to the public. You have no interest, do you then? But you need to make reservations. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. I can get reservations in any restaurant in the world. <laughs> I'm sure you can. Except for one. Except club. 33. <laughs> All right. I've heard everything I need to make my decision. I'm going to go to my secret, my own private secret restaurant in my chambers and eat some pretty, pretty good, uh, pretty good hotel quality food and uh, have, have a glass of red wine that is uh, not remarkable. And then I'll come back and I'll, I'll make my decision. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Katie, how do you feel about your changes in the case? I feel pretty confident, but I am I am okay with with whatever the judge decides. And I also feel like if if we went on this ride and Dallas did not enjoy himself, I would never ask him to go on it again. I just really think that he might. I think he has the wrong idea about this ride, and I think it would be fun. Um, but I definitely don't want to make him throw throw up. Dallas, how are you feeling? Do I? Are you kidding me? I'm going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should have made an outline uh, like Katie did. I'm probably, I'm probably going to lose because, you know, uh, I don't I feel like the judge was not really, uh, you know, feeling the whole the fear thing. And uh, I think, uh, you know, to uh, make Katie happy, I'm going to have to, you know, keep this going and uh, eventually just go on this ride. And, <laughs> Gotta keep this going. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, well, are you talking about like, this, this this charade of a relationship? Yeah, you know, and I'm with her. I think the only reason she's with me is so she can go to Disneyland for free. I mean, that's all. I'm just going to well, throw I'm just going to put that out there. That's a whole other case. The two of you, one way or another, are definitely going to go on that ride where 
you uh, fly in the air with your friend Patrick Warburton, right? Is uh, uh, soaring over California? There you go. That's what it's called. I call it Patrick Warburton ride. We did that already. (laughs) You can do it again. Patrick Warburton's there. (laughs) And and I should have mentioned this in the case to John Hodgman, but she won't go on the Ferris wheel because she's scared of that one. No, but I I would go on it. I'll I'll help you out with this one. Is there any Patrick Warburton on the uh, Ferris wheel? I don't think so. No, there's no compelling reason. Um, well, we'll see what Judge John Hodgman has to say about all of this when we come back in just a minute. Hello, I'm your Judge John Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is brought to you every week by you, our members, of course. Thank you so much for your support of this podcast and all of your favorite podcasts at MaximumFun.org, and they are all your favorites. If you want to join the many member supporters of this podcast and this network, boy, oh boy, that would be fantastic. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024, 2024. Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I, I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step-by-step, day-by-day, bird-by-bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want, and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up, seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com 
promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. Right, so first of all, I was I was listening to you guys talking about Patrick Warburton <laughs> from within my private my private <laughs> my private members only dining room in my chambers because I mic'd up all the chandeliers in your in the courtroom so that I could have my talking animatronic vulture talk back to you. But then that wasn't working. It's a deep it's a deep cut for you Club 33 fans out there. It's a deep cut. I don't even think Mark, I don't even think they have the trophy room anymore. Uh they I not to my knowledge. There I don't remember a talking vulture. I do remember a lot of mahogany and that sounds like something you'd see that in a trophy the room. Plan, the plan was that Walt Disney was going to have a bunch of animatronic uh uh taxidermied creatures in the trophy Jesus. room and uh and there would be little microphones in the chandeliers and and at the tables and whatnot so that uh, a a person could listen in on the conversation and then have the talking vulture talk back to them and interact with them which No, they do have that in trash creepy. can form though. There's a talking trash can. Where yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh push the talking trash can in Tomorrowland. Oh, in Tomorrowland. Oh, I, I don't I never they have go like California to Adventure too. I never go into Tomorrowland. That's oh, not for me. Ugh, Tomorrowland is That's for like me. DCA. <laughs> it, it's pretty it's pretty close it's pretty close all that steampunk garbage no that's not my tomorrowland <laughs> that's, not, that's not the nostalgia t- tomorrowland of my of my youth <laughs> of your that's yesterday the, yeah exactly you know you know they you know they pump out smells into main street usa mark you know that right they i pump do, out yes. smells yes you know you know why they do that to make you hungry to make you hungry they pump out smells of candy and donuts and stuff mm-hmm. And also yep. so that so they can pump out sleeping gas and put everyone to sleep all at once if they, if they have to. If it comes to it, they wouldn't just do that, but if it came to it. Yeah, if they have to. Mark, can you confirm that rumor right now for me? Uh, the sleeping gas? Yeah. Can you confirm yes. that one? Oh, I no, can Mark. confirm. No, I want you to work, Mark. What? No, don't confirm it. <laughs> Your yes and yeah. is your yes and is very <laughs> is very improv correct, but uh, it really but must Disney be. improper. Uh, yeah, exactly. No, there is. Uh, but I will say one, my favorite uh, little detail of uh, Main Street that I'm sure everyone knows is that the buildings get smaller as you go down Main Street so that the castle looks bigger and the street looks longer. Yeah. Forest perspective. Exactly, Mark. And and it's these little details that I realize now talking to Dallas that over the countless times that Dallas has visited, visited Disneyland, he has become utterly blind to Dallas for you going to Disneyland is the same thing as like going to your dad's office. Like the, when you were a kid, you got you got to use the Xerox machine, and that was the coolest thing in the world. But now it's all old hat to you, and you don't even see the things that make Disneyland such a uh, a perverse work of genius and ingenuity <laughs> and strangeness. Do you know what I mean? Like you're sitting there, you you literally sat there, or I don't know if you're standing or sitting or what you're doing, and you're like, yeah, I like Space Mountain. Space Mountain is the best ride. In Disneyland, because it's a roller coaster. That's what you said. That's what you said. It's a roller coaster. And you don't like Tower of Terror because it's a thing that goes up and down. But, you know, there are roller coasters in the world. Other roller coasters. Far better roller coasters in the world. What makes Space Mountain interesting and cool and and unique is that it has this weird, incredibly, well, I won't say incredibly imaginative, fairly imaginative (laughs) storyline 
<laughs> that leads you into the roller coaster, through the roller coaster, and out of the roller coaster, and, a, and an art design and a production design that, that is matched by nothing else in any other theme park. And also the history of the fact that they're like, well, I guess it's, you know, I guess it's 1970. I guess we got to make a space thing now. And so they did. They tried to rip off Star Wars before they realized, oh, we can just buy it. <laughs> now they know. Oh, I want to just buy that thing. <laughs> you know, the, to say we, we, going on Tom Sawyer's Island was cool because we all loved Mark Twain at that time. People still <laughs> love Mark Twain. I guess kids are probably a little less familiar with the. Uh, with uh, Tom Sawyer than maybe they used to be in 1955, but that's why it's no, yeah, but no, none of the kids who are crawling around in those caves and risking life and limb in the dark are getting a thrill because Johnny Depp might've walked there once (laughs) because it's a cool thing to climb around in. And you don't actually get that from a lot of so-called amusement parks. You know, the ultimate, uh, uh, the, the ultimate best, Disney attraction. Mark, can you guess what I'm going to say? Uh, I, I, I cannot. I am, I'm, I'm racking my brain trying to think about it. I know what it isn't, and I know it's not the submarines. No, that, well, that is in many ways it, the ultimate Disney attraction. I will say, you know what? I will take a guess as to what it is. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, that's okay, but let me finish. That is for me, just to give you a hint as to what I find to be the ultimate Best mm-hmm. Disneyland attraction. To me, the, the Submarine Voyage and 20,000 Leagues Under the Seas are, 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 in, are very close to the apotheosis because they, uh, they, they try to fuse together legitimate wonder and produce legitimate wonder with absolute um, inauthenticity, with fakeness. You know, all the way down to the gills on the fake fish. Like, the I know that they originally <laughs> planned to have real fish in there, and then they realized that would be monstrous. You can't put sea life into a diesel a, a diesel pool. We can put humans in there, but not sea life. <laughs> <laughs> um, then, then that changes my answer. I was going to say uh, the haunted mansion, but based yeah, on that, I'm, I'm going to guess the Jungle Cruise. Jungle Cruise is, is among the best because that was another one where they thought, let's have animals. And then they realized right, we exactly. can't do that. And then they, ha- and then they had uh, – and then they, they have all those robotic animals and those f- fairly racist portrayals of humans. <laughs> sure. Uh, I mean <laughs> – A bunch of natives and, climbing up a pole. And you're very – and you're very cl- – and, and the headhunter. And also the, 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 hip- the hippopotami, which, you know – they scare me a lot because those are robots underwater, right? Yes. But but the but the if you if you get one of the old school boat skippers, they treat those underwater robots with the appropriate uh, hatred. They shoot them. Yes. <laughs> do the new school ones not do that? Do they teach them not to do that anymore? I don't think that they actually shoot the hippopotamuses anymore, or you know they fire in the air to scare them away. But yes. you know. The the thing about Disneyland is that it is a it is a kind of um, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for palimpsest, a layer upon layer of of history of entertainment that goes back to world's fairs and amusement parks from the 30s, 40s, and 50s, and and then just it accrues weird little sediments of ideas of what entertainment is until you have this accrued whole that is that is. Um, 
you're almost wandering through an archaeological dig of culture to some mm -hmm. degree. And, and I love that aspect. And for me, the, the one that, that combines the incredible, uh, the, the, uh, an incredible ride, an incredible thrill, an incredible storytelling uh, with history of the park and just pure strangeness is Splash Mountain. Oh, yeah. Because Splash Mountain is, is essentially exactly what we're talking about here. A dumb state fair style ride, a dumb amusement park ride, a log flume mm -hmm. that, is, that, is, that is complicated, that is made interesting by a dark ride before it where you go through and see in, incredible animated scenes, audio animatronic scenes of animals singing and dancing and great music. And an incredibly compelling and then frightening and then weird dark ride. And then an exciting log flume. And then a huge, crazy uh, audio animatronic uh, 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 show of zippity-doo-dah at the end on a, on sure. a paddle boat. The big showboat right. with the, uh, the hens that look like a gospel choir playing tambourines. Yeah, which all of which, by the way, was salvaged from another, another attraction called America Sings that no one was going to. So it's and and then that doesn't even touch upon the storyline of the ride itself, which Oof. is the storyline of Br'er Rabbit from Song of the South, a movie that Disney does not allow to be seen anymore. And when I learn because because it, it you know it's the Uncle Remus tales and and the and the depictions of of these you know traditional African American folk tales are a little problematic to modern audiences to to, to give it to play to be most kind to. Yes. To, to this film. Teach the controversy, I say. When I learned that Splash Mountain was developed in the late 1980s, I was stunned because that was long after Disney decided we're not going to let anyone see this movie anymore. So now I would say at least one, if not one and a half generations of humans has gone through that thing, <laughs> never seeing that movie or knowing what the hell is going on. Why this rabbit... <laughs> is afraid of this fox and what, and what these songs are from and what a laughing place is. It's, uh, and, 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 and it's, uh, it's utterly, it's utterly disorienting and weird because it pays homage to a Disney history that is ultimately secret now. Well, I wonder if that's why they made the ride because everybody knows the song zippity Doodah, and everybody knows Disney songs are from something. So when someone asks the question, what's zippity Doodah from now, they can say splash mountain instead of having to say song of the South. They can't, they spent $75 million making that ride to come up with a reason for where zippity Doodah came from. <laughs> Nice. They have a lot nice of money. Work. Nice work trying to plaster that over, Mr. Mayor. <laughs> no, they could have done. They could have. They could have done their log flume about anything. It is such a weird. It was such a weird decision, and that's what I find so fascinating about Disneyland is the weirdness of it. Now, Katie, you've made a case for uh, uh, with Mark's help for Tower of Terror, which actually makes me interested. Now that I know that they've got Mark Gagliardi dressing up as a ghost going on this ride. Mm -hmm. I'm actually curious about it now. Well, and you know, it's the whole Twilight Zone theme too, right? I don't even dig into that. What do they get? Where does the Twilight Zone come into Tower of Terror? Rod it's, Serling introduces it. It's Rod the, Serling is dead. You used to think Rod Serling recorded an intro for Tower of Terror before he well, died? A combination of 1960s Rod Serling footage and a very convincing sound alike. I don't like it. I don't like it it's at all. It's amazing. It's very creepy. 
<laughs> I don't know. I realize as an expert witness, I'm not supposed to pick a side, but I'm with Katie. <laughs> no, no, I, you are supposed to pick a side. You're, you're, you're lobbying for Tower of Terror. I think and we I'm, all go together. And I'm curious about it. And, and you know, my repulsion to this, cr- this weird cross-branding of Twilight Zone, which has nothing to do with Disney, and and, and I think insensibility in is the is the opposite of Disney, with a Disney owned ride in a park that I hate, and all <laughs> oh. com, all 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 sort of in, uh, encrusted around the dumbest state park ride or state fair ride you could go on. That to me makes it interesting, and so I will go on it, Katie. Oh. I will go on it, but Dallas never will go on it. Dallas, you are banned from ever going on this ride. Wow. I'm banning you from this pleasure, Dallas. Because I, I think, oh, I know, but you think, you think you've won, and technically you have. But let me tell you something. Your comment about not wanting to give in to Katie's request in your relationship because it would set a tone is contemptible. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel that to be... I, I have contempt for it that is tempered only by the fact that you don't sound like a monster. And I can only, <laughs> ima- I can only imagine that you said that to cover up for what I think we ultimately got down to at the end of the day is that you're afraid of going on this ride. At, at one point, you finally said Malaboomers. Yes. Which you cannot, I could not, I, 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 I would have. If I had been given the choice, I would have burned that to the ground just for the name. (laughs) (laughs) But you, that made you physically ill and you're scared to go on another ride like that. And all your stuff about, I go on elevators every day and it's all fluff just surrounding an elevator. And I don't want my, I don't want a girl to tell me what to do. All of that. All all of that. And this is a family friendly Disney podcast is bull feces and you know it. (laughs) Just say that you're afraid and that it's not for you. And that's enough. Maybe someday you'll get over that fear. I would urge you to look into it because honestly, uh, going on Tower of Terror, uh, the very sad situation about the kids that I talked about who drowned at Disneyland is really one of the very, very, very rare situations of things going wrong at Disneyland. You're much safer going on Tower of Terror than going to any other amusement park and going on the exact same ride without a ghost janitor on the ride with you. You know what I mean? It's a good, it's a good deal for you. That's a good point. That's a good point. But you are banned because of what you said to cover up your fear. You are not ever allowed to go on Tower of Terror. And Katie, you can take any boy you want with you on the Tower. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> In fact, Katie... Yeah. I I I order I order you to invite someone to go with you to Disneyland to go with you on Tower of Terror. Whoever it is you want. Whoever it is, boy, girl, whatever. And uh Dallas has got to sign them in. Dallas needed to say how is she gonna get in? That's okay. what you have to I order you to sign in a Tower of Terror pal. That you're okay. going to have to hang around with. And that's what you get. That's what you get for saying that dumb thing that you said. <laughs> <laughs> this is the sound of a gavel. Judge John Hodgman rules. I'll explain why I will never go to Club 33 after the break when we do the docket. That is all. 
Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Katie, how do you feel? I'm so sad. I'm so sad, but it's I. Uh, but I, I am looking forward to going to Tower of Terror with some lucky friends. <laughs> Dallas, you weren't expecting to come out of this one with a W. How are you feeling right now? Oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a little conflicted. You know, I, I didn't feel like I was going to win, but and then the, I didn't, obviously didn't feel like the judge was going to. I was going to win, but make me feel like I'm losing. So that was kind of unexpected. You're yeah. saying that you didn't realize that you were uh, such a human monster. Yes, that I'm a monster and that I'm just covered up for my contempt of, of women and my fear of uh, elevators, apparently. What's the first ride that you're going to go on the first time that you go to Disneyland with Katie? Uh, the Ferris wheel. No, no, I'm not going on it. So what? I'm not going on it if- if you, Human if you monster. <laughs> Katie Dallas, thanks for joining us on Judge John Hodgman. Thank you so much. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org slash newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Thank you so much. Hey, are you guys going to get into my log flume? <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> I love flumes. What does Brer mean? <laughs> I'll explain it to you later once we go, once you are, once you are sitting in front of me between my legs. Are there non... <laughs> one, of, one, of the, one of the great ways that people who go to Disneyland who don't know each other get to learn, get to know each other very well. Yeah. Are there non-log flumes? Like, are, are there steel flumes? Sure, sure, logs. <laughs> I imagine a steel flume, like, because, well, it was for, it was in order to move them down river. I imagine a steel flume is probably very warm and molten and in a factory somewhere. Right. Yeah, this is, this harkens back, this ride, the idea of a log flume harkens back to a, to lumberjacking traditions. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, because you got to, like, that's what those guys that stand on the logs and they're ca- the Canadian guys and then they wrestle each other. Yep, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Lumberjack, lumberjack competition. Gotcha. It's gonna be the next. It's gonna be the next high lie. Okay, I got something here from Laura. Let's clear the docket. 
My dear friend Marissa and I were on a road trip to Lake Tahoe and began talking about swimming in the buff. Marissa is a self-described hippie and loves to swim in the nude. She believes that no one looks at her in public when she skinny dips because it's not proper. I say, of course people are going to look. Nudity is not common in our culture. Is Marissa correct in assuming that no one looks at her because she's celeb- as she's celebrating her nudity and hippie lifestyle? Or should you expect glances when you are naked in public? Oh, Marissa, people are looking. I'm, I'm looking at you right now. And where, I can't even see you. Where is she skinny? This makes it sound like she's decided to go skinny dipping, like, at the neighborhood pool. No, Lake Tahoe. Isn't that where they were going to go swimming? They're going to go, they're going to, they're, well, they're on a trip to Lake Tahoe. She was going to go skinny dipping in Lake Tahoe? Look, I don't know. I've never been to Lake Tahoe. Mark, have you ever been to Lake Tahoe? I'm not. Is that legal in Lake Tahoe? I've been to Lake Tahoe many times. I'm from San Francisco. It's like the sort of the place you go. Uh, I would say it's definitely not legal to go skinny dipping <laughs> in Lake Tahoe. It's a big lake, but you can see from one side to the other. There's no place where you could go that's like there's children there and stuff. I know through hard experience, you can't ride Pirates of the Caribbean with your shirt off. Marissa, uh, yeah, people are going to look at you because you're nude and it's not typical in our culture. But you shouldn't care because who cares? That's the whole thing about being nude. Mark, you're a performer, right? Yes. You're an actor. You've had to get undressed in front of a lot of different people, right? I have. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Marissa, uh, I would say, well, if there's one thing I've learned from getting changed in front of audiences into an Ayn Rand dress. <laughs> Which no I, one... I witnessed that. That was that was a, a, a beauty. You know, I, I'm not someone who's ever been particularly proud of his body. But after a while, you you become inured to feelings of shame and embarrassment. And it's very liberating, just as it was liberating in my in my uh, Tom Sharpling video for my That Is All book to walk through Times Square barefoot. Nothing nothing terrible is going to happen if you are nude. And uh, in fact, people should be nude more often as far as I'm concerned. It may be against the law in Lake Tahoe, but it's because, Marissa, you're a, you're a, a, a hippie girl who's getting undressed. The police officer will probably just say, please put your clothes on. It's going to work out fine. We were down in Battery Park, my family and I, here in New York City on an early uh, spring afternoon. And there was a, a woman, clearly a European woman, because she had uh, <laughs> two, two male friends with her who were wearing European jeans. And she was topless. And, the whole, and you would think, like, the whole, oh, my God, the whole city is going to collapse in on itself. But it was just fine. No one cared. No one cared. No one cares. Go for it, Marissa. But do know that people will... Look until after a while they'll stop looking. Now, Mark, we're gonna. Yes, we 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 don't even have another docket case. Just a letter from somebody, so we're gonna read it another time because I want to take advantage of having the the mayor of Disneyland here. And what did you do as as mayor of Disneyland in two thousand five? What was your job every day? My job as the mayor of Disneyland was to every morning stand in town square and give a speech to the crowd, welcoming them to Disneyland. As the big five, as we called them, were standing behind me. The big five we're talking about. Mickey, Mickey Minnie, Minnie, Donald, Pluto, Goofy. Boom. That just rolled yeah. off your tongue. Do you remember sure. any of the speech? Uh, yeah. 50 years ago, uh, on July 17th, 1955, Walt Disney stood here in Town Square and dedicated Disneyland to 
And that's as much as I remember. Well, that's fine because we're out of time, right, Jesse? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you bet we are. If you want to submit a case to Judge John Hodgman, go to MaximumFun.org slash JJ Ho or email us at Hodgman at MaximumFun.org. We love to get your cases. Um, we read every single one. In fact, Hodgman reads them personally uh, and even responds to some of them that we don't use. So uh, email them to Hodgman at MaximumFun.org or use that convenient form at MaximumFun.org slash J-J-H-O, and you might find your case either on the air here in the docket or in the New York Times Magazine. Um, You can follow us on social media and name our cases uh, by going to Facebook.com slash Judge John Hodgman or following me and Hodgman on Twitter. I'm at Jesse Thorne. Hodgman is at Hodgman. And Um, Gagliardi, are you on Twitter? I am at Mark Gags. And you can find and our special thanks this week to Christopher Nordstrom, who named this week's case uh, as though he needs anything above and beyond being heir to the Nordstrom's fortune. Um, Our producer is what's that? That was cold. Yeah, well, I'm I'm as cold to him as Nordstrom's legendary customer service is warm to their customers. (laughs) (laughs) Well played. Can I tell you, one time my dad bought a pair of uh, shoes at Nordstrom and like wore it for like a year, year and a half every day and then wore it to Southeast Asia and just like somewhere in the jungle in Southeast Asia, the uh, uh, the the sole started to peel away and he mm-hmm. took it back to Nordstrom. Sorry to buzz market. He took it back to Nordstrom and said, hey, the sole started to peel away from this while I was hiking in the jungle in Southeast Asia. And they said, oh, what uh, what size is it? And they gave him a new pair. Just wow. Like yeah, like he was not asking for a new pair. I want to be clear about that. He thought maybe he could send it back to be refurbished or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just gave him a new pair. We, look, we've, been, we've all been wrestling with some big brands tonight. Big brands. We got, we got, we, but I think we've been, uh, we've been, uh, we've been fair in our assessments of their strengths and weaknesses. And I hope that I will be allowed to go to Disneyland again. But I'm not As mayor, I am, I'm giving you a, a pardon, a full pardon. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I will not go. Club 33 has been re, remodeled and made larger. And yes. so I, I am sad that I will never get to go to the Club 33 as it existed all those years that I really wanted to go to it. And so I am saying publicly out of spite, I will never go to Club 33 unless someone invites me to go with them. And then I will go. <laughs> uh, would you like to go to Club 33, John? Yes. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. You're welcome. Now let's find someone who has a membership. <laughs> <laughs> Our producer is Julia Smith. Our editor is Mark McConville. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.